It's Saturday. It's the Saturday Friends Club. We're back again. Yay. It's time for that thing that we do every every few weeks, or every week, actually. And I'm alive. You are. Eric's here. He's from his not being in the first episode of this three <laughs> to the being the like watcher of the second one. Now you are full-on participant. Full-on back in. <laughs> awesome. So welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. We are in our deep into our Halloween time. It may may even be. Let me see how this thing's gonna land on on that calendar. Maybe this is the first of the mo- first of November. First Maybe week. I'd have to see. Like we could we could be far out of of uh you know um December at this point. <laughs> far out, man. Or not December, October yet. So that did you, yeah. All right. So it's November now. Ah, Christ! But, but we're still oh, gonna have man. some October. We still got we still got a little bit of layover. All right, we'll some... settle. Get your leftover Halloween candy and settle in, folks. Don't yeah, forget, don't forget your pumpkin lattes. So, I'm Josh over there, Sabrina. Hello. We've got Martin. Yo, Eric. I'm here. All right. Uh, this week, uh, wrapping up, I guess our Halloween st- ha- little stand we had here. Our well, specifically our trilogy of like horror rock opera. Like high concept musicals, which all failed, but are now cult classics. Yes, it's it's a it's a little bit of a, a difficult like long winded concept. Like every, uh, yeah, this is a long winded genre in general. But granted, I found it seemed like the only rock opera that ever was successful was um, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I've not maybe, seen that. maybe like well, I don't know rock uh, rock opera is hard to define. And this isn't even really a rock opera. Like, this isn't a musical. It's it's a movie with, like, lots of songs in it. Sabrina, you've got a smile on your face. I found out a fact that you might like. Oh, oh are you going to hold on? Ahead. Are you going to hold on to this one, or are, are you going to give it to me now? I'll give it to you now if you want. Okay. So, the guy that plays Beef, Garrett Graham. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Franklin Sherman in the animated series The Critic. Ooh! <laughs> Beef was Franklin Sherman. Mm. <laughs> Holy! To add crap. a whole new dimension for you, Josh. <laughs> this is a layer of. I love talk lo- about like things just connecting together. I love beef. He's he's so good. I love beef, and uh, it makes me even more enjoy this movie. So, um, all right. So, uh, Eric, give us a little de- background. What, how how did you stumble upon the Phantom of the Paradise? Well, there's not much to say. It was it, I I did not know it existed until literally like two months ago, <laughs> in which uh, fr- a good friend of mine was like, Eric, you need to see this movie. You're gonna love it. And it was uh, I think he told me about it at some point. I was like, oh, okay. You know, at some point. I was over for the like a big birthday celebration, and he was like, "Okay, we're gonna watch this movie." And I'm like, okay, so everyone we all, we all like gathered around and watched it, and it was amazing. And I was like, "I need to do this on Saturday Friends Club," not because I have some deep background on it. I'm kind of violating the theme just a little bit, but I wish I had I, I wish I had seen this movie earlier, so that counts. I think cult status definitely c- kicks in for this, and this is one that I don't think a lot of people have not seen this movie. It's still very obscure, and it's but it's so good. Luckily, you can get it a few places. It was on Yahoo and Amazon if you wanted to rent it. And there yep. is a, like, Blu-ray new, like, like touched-up version, which, like, it looks much better, and the sound quality is really good. Uh, I really like the soundtrack for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this movie also was an enormous bomb. Yeah. Uh, so it only got, it had a budget of, like, $1.3 and I don't know what the box office mo- mojo shows what its, like, actual take-home was. 
Yeah, it's another one of those movies that like did not do well at the time, has since been reevaluated and like, oh, this movie's actually really good and like campy. And and similar to The Phantom of the Opera, uh, which has a lot of dealing and evil people and scheming. Uh, the people that kept it alive were Canadians' worst schemers, yep. the Winnipeg. Yeah, like inexplicably, this movie was a enormous success in in like Manitoba specifically. Like it, it, it the soundtrack went gold because of Manitoba. <laughs> what? Yes, and for some, it was like on, it, I'm looking reading facts online. It was being played almost continuously in theaters in Manitoba for like years. Like and, it was the Rocky Horror of but, Manitoba, but just Manitoba. <laughs> it's very, very strange. But there, there's some other interesting factoids in this movie. And it's not like it's filmed in Manitoba. Nope. It just took off there. Yeah, inexplicably. Like huh. I think, you know, a copy fell out of an airplane that Manitobans <laughs> found it, and they were like, "Oh, oh we don't have anything else good, and the jet like a, sucks." Like a, so, <laughs> see, here we go. It's like a cargo cult thing. Uh, I will say the one factoid I read, um, which. Uh, is apparently that the 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 two people who make up Daft Punk saw this movie as kids and were like blown away by it. And you know, there's there's some similarity to be said a an act involving wearing like a leather suit and a crazy mask and doing music with a oh, giant synthesizer. That's mm. funny because didn't Paul Williams help write some songs for Daft Punk? Uh, he might have. He's done a whole lot of stuff. I Yeah, I think I was reading up on him because I was curious because I was like, is he an actual singer? I'm like, well, no, he's yes. mostly known for like writing music. It's. I also think it's an odd. It's interesting that he's in this movie, but he's like, I'm gonna play myself, but Satan. <laughs> like that's an interesting <laughs> choice when you're pitched the idea for a movie. Like, I'd like to play myself, but I'm gonna be the devil, but just me. All right. So curious question: Had any of the rest of us actually seen this? Never. So no. we all went in this completely blind. All right. Well, you know what? It's time for us to uh, to have a horrible disfiguring accident. <laughs> It's time for us to have all of our life's work thrown ahead of us, but we overcome it, and we're just like, listen, dude, let's make this happen, but you need to do this one thing, and that person's like, no, I'm not going to do that, and then you're going to get revenge, and stuff's going to go bad, and there's going to be some red stuff that's played off as paint, but that's clearly, clearly just, that's not blood, that's paint. Um, it's, It's time for Phantom of the Paradise. Wait, hold on. I don't even have the right one. This is the right one. I'll hit this button. Roll on thunder, shine on lightning The days are long and the nights are frightening Nothing matters anyway and that's the hell of it Winter comes and the winds blow colder Well some go wiser, you just grew older You never listened anyway and that's the hell of it Good for nothing, bad in bed Nobody likes you, you're better off dead Goodbye, goodbye We've all come to say goodbye, 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 goodbye Born defeated, died in vain Super destructive, you were hooked on pain And though your music lingers on All of us are glad you're gone If I could live my life half as worthlessly as you I'm convinced that I'll wind up burning too All right, Eric, take it away. Love it. Um, Band of the Paradise is a 1974 American musical rock opera horror comedy 
They're uh, directed by Brian De Palma. So if you're familiar with the Brian De Palma's works, uh, it's a De Palma film. Uh, uh, who uh, did uh, Carrie, I believe. Yes, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on him. Okay. Um, uh, and scored by and starring Paul Williams, as we discussed earlier. Um, it's it's and it stars a couple other like relatively unknown actors who I felt all just totally killed it in this movie. But um, should we should we start off? I guess with the the quick plot summary. Yeah, let's go for a quickie. Okay, real quick. Um, uh, let's see. It's it's 1974. Uh, uh, Winslow Leach is a kind of uh, like mad lone genius. He wants to write a rock opera version of Faust, and it's going to be his like his magnum opus. Um, it's heard by like world's I guess world's most powerful music producer and also Satan, uh, Paul Williams' character Swan, uh, and he hears it and he offers it's going to be the perfect music to open the the paradise, which is his new like musical theater hall. Um, and, but the idea he sends, he's going to like say he's going to produce it, but he's actually planning on stealing, uh, his magnum opus. Similar to what he had done with all of the guy's other works. Yes. And they all, we also open with a like amazing number played by the juicy fruits. And it's a like fifties greaser doo-wop like parody. And it like, it's a weird way to open the movie, but it's therefore it's all, it's all foreshadowing. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's. It's foreshadowing something later, but it also sets up the fact that Swan has this, like, house band that he just continually rotates what music they play to kind of follow what's popular. Hmm. So, like, they start off as this, like, they're, they're like, greaser, totally 50s, and then later they become a, like, 60s uh, Beach Boys kind of band. And then at the end of the movie, they become a, like... Kiss. It's more, like, proto-goth, like, kind of glam rock very like Alice Cooper, Arthur Brown, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, uh, so he, he offers to produce it. But then um, later, uh, Winslow finds out that Swan has basically just taken his music, put his name on it, and is now producing it. And when he shows up to ask him what's going on, he gets thrown out of uh, his kind of like abstract uh, music fortress. Um And he, while he's there, there's all these women auditioning for the lead part, and he, he strikes up a interest in um in phoenix who's like the, this woman who's gonna uh, is uh, auditioning for the part um he tried he even tries to get in disguised woman so he can talk to swan but he's kicked <laughs> out. yeah um, they're all on that fucking bed and they're like this is part of the the interview he likes it when we make out with each other yeah, he likes to watch there's some they, they this movie in general is a criticism of like the musical like industry in general so it's clearly like riffing on just totally, you know, gross, predatory, powerful men getting to do what they want. And granted, yeah. Paul Williams oh. is like the bad guy. It's just like, hello, how are you? I'm, the, I'm intimidating. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe four foot nine. <laughs> um, and As he, a light breeze could push me over, so but I'm evil. But he's also, yeah, it's great because he's not known for doing like scary or hard music. He's, he's, no, he's kind of like a, he, he's, he kind of reminds me of like a, like a Bob Dylan almost. But again, he's just like, I'll be me in this movie, but I'm Satan. <laughs> so it's interesting choice on his part. But uh, so Winslow tries to sneak in disguised woman and gets thrown out. And so Swan decides he has to get rid of him. And so he frames him for dealing drugs. Uh, and, and he's he's explicitly given a life sentence in Sing Sing prison, where there's also a Swan funded like medical experiment, which involves ripping out prisoners teeth and replacing them with metal ones to prevent infection. Uh, that's a that's a reference to something that actually that actually happened for a while in America. 
Oh my god, that's gross. There was a, there was a, there was a psychologist who believed that like mental illness was caused by infection and it mm-hmm. resided in the teeth, and so he was like removing people's teeth for a long time. Oh yeah, he god. he just yanked out teeth of just like oh that one could become infected. Yeah, so um, there was so just a bunch of people with no teeth. This movie is very it's it's this is like a gothic horror like it, but it's like kind of funny. So everything of course is just like is very over the top. So it's like he's sent to prison for life and they rip out his teeth. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and he's working in a tiddlywinks factory. And right. then at some point he breaks out. Yeah, he escapes yeah. in this like this ridiculous sequence and I love when he he like hides in a box like this being shipped out of the <laughs> out of the prison. He like bursts out of it into like Times Square and like runs <laughs> off. Yeah. Um he runs into um into like a Swan's record company building. Oh, as much of his his record company is called Death Records, and the logo is a dead bird. It was originally gonna be called Swan Song Records, and they got they got all the way to filming when they realized like, oh, that's a real record producer and it's owned by Led Zeppelin. Uh they're gonna sue us if we keep doing this. So they had to like awkwardly composite out all instances of the word swan song there's some instances where you look where there's signs where it said swan song and it's been like composited over so the text is just like a little shaky mm. and so it's, it's like it's kind of funny details like oh yeah jimmy page has something to say has something to say about this so we can't do that um but he breaks into their studio and tries to destroy it but uh he is caught in a in a record pressing machine and it disfig- like it smashes his face and disfigures him again because we're it's Phantom of the Opera. An interesting point about that yes. machine. All right, <laughs> that's so, a real that is a real real record pressing machine that really could do you harm. And basically, they put in some like big foam gaskets to like protect him, but the gaskets kept falling off. So basically, when they finally got the shot done, one, he was able to move his head out just in time to not actually get it crushed. And two, the scream that is in the movie is actually his scream trying to get the hell away from yep. that thing. Oh, my Holy God. Shit. So this movie's hardcore. <laughs> Damn. Talk about hazard pay right there. The fucking 70s, man. But so I also want to... We should, we should have a counter for, like, number of gothic horror literature references. So... He's writing a rock opera about Faust. Bing. He's wow. now Phantom of the Opera. Bing. Uh, he kind of has a, I, I would argue he has a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing going because he's very mild mannered, but then he'll snap and he'll like, he, yeah. he shouts yeah. at, at at Swan's assistant. Uh, and they make kind of reference to that. Okay, here, here's actually a list of it. Ooh, so good. you got go. uh, Gaston LaRoe's Phantom of the Opera, yeah. uh, John Wolfgang von Goethe's uh, et al. Faust. Uh, film also make references to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Oscar <laughs> Wilde's yeah. The Picture of Dorian Gray, yep. and Edgar Allan Poe's The Cask of Ooh Montiato, and at least a uh, total of at least five citations of classic horror studies. Yeah, so there's mm. there's a lot of all of these are like Stories. loving tributes to gothic horror and some movies. Uh, the the final glam rock number they are painted up like uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, mm. Um, mm. but anyway. Uh, so, so, so he's he he gets out of the record machine. He stumbles off and falls into the river because again he's the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, he sneak he returns to the theater and they have kind of a cool first person shot where he sneaks through the theater and he steals like a costume out of the prop area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he starts in, you know Phantom of the Opera. He starts inhabiting the theater and and these mysterious accidents. Like he sets a, a car bomb for the beach bums who are the who are the the juicy fruits now rebanded. Yep. Uh, and all these other accents. Wait, but um, do you want to hear the horrible oh, good. song? Do it, do it. Well I, well, I just want to point out the fact that, like, it's meant, yes, it is meant to be, a, like, a bad Beach Boys parody, 
but the song they're singing is also still a version of his Faust. And this entire scene is like very bizarre because like a bomb is being put into this car. The entire movie is like so. This scene is the split screen, right? So it's like the split screen at the end of Carrie, where like you see (laughs) Carrie and her there, and everybody's screaming and like running for the doors and everything. But this is just like a happy song with this car being wheeled about that's got a bomb in it. Yep. And, the, and, the, and the ticking of the bomb is also just like explicit. You're hearing the yeah. ticking the whole time. And there's only one guy. I think it's one of the, the singers of the driver of the car that's saying like, you know, something, I feel something's really off here. You know, I can, I can feel it. It's like, no, it's fine. Here, take some some drugs and then go back into the car yeah and there's an interesting like part about the the way that the ticking goes because the ticking isn't like the way that you hear it right now it's not like it's like off a little bit it's like it's like on the upbeat yeah yeah so it feels off even when it's in there so anyway like so there's terrible accidents at some point um uh, uh, Winslow, the Phantom, is kind of sneak, and he, he sneaks up in, on Swan, and they have this conversation where he's, he's threatening to kill him, and Swan says, "Okay, okay, look, like I'll help you, and I'll produce it, and you can produce it your way." And he gives him the kind of honeyed word kind of thing. Um, so he brings him to his like top secret recording command bunker, uh, <laughs> which is this cool. It's like a it's like a circular room where all the walls are covered in knobs and dials, and it's like and there's a keyboard, a synthesizer in the center. And that's a real that's a real recording studio. Uh, it's purposely built that it's it's a giant synthesizer that they've purposely made every, all the controls big and accessible. And so that's that's a real recording studio. It exists. That's um, awesome. And they, he hooks him up to it, so he's got like a voice box now, so he can talk through like the synthesizer. Yeah, and then they go through like this really cool sequence where he's like tuning out, tuning yeah. his voice to just like, that perfect sound. It's so cool. So now when the Phantom talks, he has this like evil metallic voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so he basically like says, all right, you sit here and like you stay in here and you're locked in. You, you work on and you complete your masterpiece. Yeah. I'll produce, and, and he's he's obsessed with Phoenix. He's like, all right, but only Phoenix can sing it just right. for her. So yeah. the the interesting part of this particular scene where they're trying to get his voice back because he's very hardly modulated and everything during this scene is that this is the song that he's actually working on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the interesting part is that, like, once he gets it modulated, Winslow is essentially his, is the Phantom. W- once he's got the modulation done, it's Swan singing. Yes. It's not yeah. actually Winslow. So it, that's why he goes up to him and goes, "Sounds perfect." <laughs> like they do a cool scene where Winslow is like playing the keyboard and he's singing into it, and it like pans over to that to was a really cool shot. Swan yeah. in the recording studio and he's singing uh, the voice in the front of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's so yeah, it's it's literally it's Phantom of the Opera it's with synthesizers, um, and that's a real place in what was Calgary? I think's the place that that like the that synthesizer studio. room is. Yeah, I forget. It's but yeah, it's it's a it's a like it exists and it's like a well known like kind of cool recording studio, and you can go to it still now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he, so he he rewrites the, he rewrites his masterwork. And um, Winslow signs a pact in blood, which is, you know, just very normal. Uh, but then... Um, Don't waste it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, so what happens is then, uh, while he's finishing it, uh, Swan goes by his back, replaces Phoenix, and he's trying to find, like, a new, like, because he's always trying to stay cutting edge. 
Uh, and so they have this great shot where he's got this like giant table shaped like a record. It's so cool. It's like this command, like command center. <sighs> and these yeah. other, and the artist he's like interviewing to replace Phoenix kind of appear out of the dark. And, he, and you know, it's like a, it's like kind of a black doo-wop group. He's like, no. And then it's like, uh, like a hippie guy playing acoustic guitar. And he's like, no. And he finally comes to like this coked out glam rock singer who's like terrible and is wearing just this like awful outfit. Um, yeah, and so he replaces him in this great scene in which, like, he's giving a press conference outside of his plane, <laughs> and the, the press so and, great, and the press is like, "Is well, like this new opera is it going to be the juicy first?" And he's like, "No, no, they're a reflection of the past." I give you beef, <laughs> and it like cuts over, and it's the band now in the like the, in their like goth glam rock outfits, and they have a coffin. They open it up, and it's, it's the singer named Beef, and he like looks in the camera and goes like. Wonderfully bizarre shot. That is so good. You have to know the guy because he's giant. He's muscular, but he has this like really curly short hair, and it's all like painted silver. And he's got silver like his chest, like like his first open, and his chest is all like painted silver, and he's he's just totally like seventies glam rocked up. Yeah, yeah. He just turns to the camera, just. He's, yeah, he does like ooh, he's, he's beef. Yeah, um, his name is his name is Beef. But that, that's so that that's so of that era. Though. I yeah. love it. it I... Yeah, he's fantastic. I I, just, I like um, I I just love also. Then they show like them trying to him trying to sing the part. Like that whole scene where the, it's like oh, the rehearsal. God. Oh yeah, it's too hot. Well, I love it. They're playing and he's like, wow. He's like, <laughs> yeah. sing it, he can't hit the notes. And he has this great exchange in which. Uh, 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 Swan says, "Like, oh, you know, go ahead, do what, change it however you want, make it, make it yours, give it a beat." And he's like, "All right." And, and he gets, I love, what he, I love the argument he has with with Swan's assistant, where he's like, "Like, doesn't that kind of change the whole point of it?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, who cares?" And he's like, "No one cares about lyrics. Is that so?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, dry up, Tubbo." And the guy just gives him the like. It's it's a great little exchange where uh, where it's shown that Swan is like doesn't care about the music. He just thinks that like. Winslow and combined with beef are going to make this perfect piece that are going to make him super famous and rich. And so he's clear, like he, he, he doesn't appreciate the artistry of the actual music. Mm-hmm. Tell beef, let's just do whatever you want. And so uh, at some point getting close to rehearsals, beef is like in the shower and Winslow appears. And it's like this, it's like this, uh, the shower scene from psycho. And he like cuts the, cuts the curtain with a knife, but then like sticks him in the face. Yeah, with with plunger. Plunger, that was funny. <laughs> and he says that, you know, like, you have to stop anyone who's anyone else other than Phoenix who tries to sing my music dies and then like disappears again. Um, so that spooks him. Yes, yeah, so yep. he's like he's like well he, he tries to leave and I love he leaves like a fur coat and everything. He looks like he's wearing a Santa Claus outfit. It's so yeah, yeah. it's very glam rock. And I also love him like daintily snorting cocaine before he gets in the shower. Yeah, like he's got the bag and he he he's like he has a little spoon. He's like, and he finally just goes <laughs> like puts his face. In. <laughs> So he gets spooked, but then the, the, the his manager is like, "No, no, you have to like you have to get in there. Or we're gonna ruin you if you try to book you try to book out now." So then they show the big premiere, the recording live, and it's the it's the band now. Um, uh, they're oh, called yeah. the Undead. Yeah, this scene's yeah. actually really oh, God, cool this, and fun. This is the big like I think one of the big central musical numbers of the uh, of the um, of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they show this. It's this big musical number where. Uh, the undeads go out there and they're singing and they've got like scythe guitars and they go out and like as they're singing they go out in the audience and like kill 
they're actually dummies like right near the stage. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they're killing the audience members and they like they pull their li their like limbs and they're clearly like dummy limbs and they put them into like a thing and then they have like a big neon lightning bolt that like strikes it. And, it, and so they assemble like a Frankenstein and they, they turn it, the coffin around and it is beef. <laughs> and he pops out and sings like my favorite track in the entire album. I'll, I'll stop sp somebody special like you, which is again, as we said, one of those awful oh, songs. It's so, yeah. it's, it's, it's like good fun. It's, it's like good, bad. It's so in keeping with the time. And the, then, so then beef appears and he's Frankenstein. Like he's like a glam rock Frankenstein. And he sings this musical number. I think that was me hitting it. Let's see. Try this again. Oh, this this is the right button. It's a little good. Oh, it's <laughs> it, 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 power. It's not like you can't. You have you have to watch the scene on YouTube because he's just like totally hamming it for the audience. Mm -hmm. And he, I love his little. Like, he does the like he throws the microphone to the audience and then does like the backwards like chicken dance. And he's just like he's just doing every like every huge stage thing, and the audience is going wild. And then at like the peak of the song, uh, it's, it's shown that Winslow has been sneaking up into the rafters. He like sends the neon lightning bolt down and it hits him and electrocutes him to death on stage, and everyone thinks it's like a thinks it's like oh it's part of the show <laughs> yeah. yeah but he actually is dead and then, like they're like oh crap and so they drag him off and they rush Phoenix onto the stage and she sings her like slow like kind of you know really swinging for the fences singing piece her ballad yeah, yeah. Like a, it's like kind of a rock opera ballad. Let's see if I can find that one. But yeah, the the interesting thing, again, uh, two movies in a row for where we have just the crowd being complete and total idiots of <laughs> uh, just like, oh, we don't have any clue that this is like uh, actually bad. So here we go. This is like it's just a cover for while they're like getting rid of Beef's like body. They rush Phoenix out on the stage and she sings her big solo. And it's it's like the slow piece, and it kind of captivates the audience, and it satisfies the phantom for the moment. And basically, what they said in the uh, the details for like the the movie, they were like, basically the crowd is insane, right? Like, and it continues to be insane through most of the movie. But this is the one point where they go, oh. And stop and actually oh, listen. Yeah, she's yeah. really good. Oh, hey, what do you know? We're not just crazy and ravenous right now. Um, so yeah, so like the Phantom fulfills his promise and kills Beef for for, sing, for daring to sing his music. Um, uh, and then after the show, uh, he captures her and takes her up on the roof and reveals who he is. And she doesn't believe him at first. And you know, he, she takes off his mask and he, she, she sees these disfigured. Um. Um. But then, and then later that night, like Swan seduces Phoenix, and it's clear that he's like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna make you the biggest star in the world, and he's like feeding her pills. So she's like drugged out of her mind, and Winslow watches through the skylight, and sees her like them, oh them my like, God. them like making out. And it's and, but she's like drugged up, and so in despair he like tries to kill himself. Uh, but uh, but then uh, Swan appears on the roof and says like. Ah, you can't like not you. You haven't fulfilled your contract. I'm sorry, but that scene was just so awkward because you kept seeing friggin' um, whatever the hell his name is, 
Swan. Swan keeps looking over to the side while she's making out with him to look at a monitor of a fucking Winslow crying. And he's smiling <laughs> and she's still making out with him and touching him all over. He's Satan, remember? Yeah. So he just I takes the light pleasure in making other mortals suffer. This is the second time in this movie that they've done like a very bizarre place to put a camera. Here is a camera that is actually like on this guy's roof, pointed at the light, looking down into yeah. his room. Yeah, again, like, this Paul is not William, a, again, this, Paul Williams is like, I'm a, like, I just want to be me, but I'm Satan. Like, like I have satanic yeah. powers. Like it literally was like, okay, now put a camera here, just in the case I end up fucking someone's girl, <laughs> yeah. and they're on the roof. Oh yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all we all have that camera. I mean, they have a they have a <laughs> all have that camera. <laughs> Granted, um, <laughs> maybe the, uh, the they had another one earlier in the movie, which was him going back to like look at the film when the bomb went off. Yes, yeah, and there is clearly him looking at footage of like this shot of like up back into the crowd into the balcony, right? Where like he sees the phantom, yeah, he's, where the phantom the runs phantom. away. There would be no goddamn reason you would have a camera pointed in that particular he's, spot, except to have this plot. Yes, he's Satan man. He's got a billion cameras everywhere. But then Winslow tries to kill him too, and it doesn't. Does, like the knife doesn't do anything. He says, "I'm under contract too." So it's like, uh, like the phantom's like, "Uh oh, what have I done?" Uh, and then later it's announced that he's going to marry Swan. Um, but um, well, that that she's going to marry. She's going to marry him. Uh, going to marry him, and she, you know he's trying to make he's going to make her the biggest star in the world. Uh, but he finds out like he eventually breaks in and like looks. He sneaks into like Swan's like secret like vault, where he's got all these film reels, and he watches some of it. And it, it, one of them is a video of Swan like selling his soul to like this doppelganger. Yeah. Then again, in the not, mirror. Here, here is Swan with like not only is he in. Like filming himself while he is in the bath, he is filming himself from two different camera yes. angles. He's got angles on this one. Um, Hot damn! And he, he's and he's talking to himself in the mirror, and the mirror image is talking back. And it's clearly it's like a demon, and he's he's about to kill himself because he doesn't want to grow old and become ugly. And the demon says, "Oh, if you sell your soul to me, I'll you can you can be young and powerful and forever." And so he's like, "Okay." So he he makes he also signs the blood deal with this demon. And so it's a picture, it's a portrait of Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde, where the film of him gets older and more disfigured while he stays young and, and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, you know, they're doing a reference there. Um, and there's also, a, there's also footage of Winslow signing his pact. I think these are meant to be like magical. There's not actually a camera watching them, but it's, you know, it's a satanic pact. So I'll, I'll give it a pass. Um, so by so by signing away his soul, he became also a demon, basically. Yeah, it's implied he can also like he can rope other people into the same deal, basically. Hmm. Oh wait, Swan can or the yeah Swan can because yeah, he he gets right. he gets Winslow to sign his soul away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it it's it's kind of revealed that um, it really Swan is going to plan on on killing Phoenix on live TV, like for this big recording because he that. The one thing they foreshadowed in the the opening song is that the the true way to the top in stardom is to die, uh, and so that's why it's like Beef became this sensation after he died, like in front of a live studio audience. So Swan's idea is like, well, the only way to top that is to make Phoenix e even bigger, and then she dies on camera. So it's essentially the Nirvana and Sublime in the world. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um, 
so uh, then Winslow destroys all the videotapes, and that's a, uh, and that's a that's a big plot point for later. Um, they're, they're having it's like it's like a rock opera wedding that they have on stage, uh, and there's an assassin who's gonna sh- who's gonna shoot Phoenix through like the upper window. Uh, uh, Winslow stops the assassin who just kills his assistant, um, and then the, he swings down onto the stage and gets like, fan of the opera, and he he they have this big confrontation where he like rips his uh, uh, Swan's mask off. Swan's wearing a mask as well, and it's and Swan realizes like, oh no, I'm like decaying away because he's like the because he destroyed the videotape. Right, and the videotapes yeah. were essentially like, the contract. It's the pact. So if you destroyed the videotape, then it undoes itself. So then like Swan starts like rotting away in front of everyone on the stage who think it's all part of the show. Meanwhile, because of that, because of the fact that Swan is dying, that means that the contract is void, which means now that they're both mortal. Wilson yep. now but, starts bleeding, Winslow. or Winslow. Yeah, he starts yeah. bleeding from the knife wound from earlier. Um, meanwhile, like Phoenix, the entire time's like, "Oh God!" And like one of the dumb juicy fruit guys are like crawling right next to him, going like, "Yeah!" <laughs> Again, I think that is like everyone is so on drugs and yeah. like, "Oh, it's a part of the show." Yeah, man, the big thing. Um, and then yeah, uh, Winslow is dying and re- takes off his mask, and uh, and uh, and Swan also dies. So then Winslow can die. So they both die. And then at the last second, Phoenix realizes who it is, uh, and it's, it's and kind of gives them just a final embrace as the the camera goes to black. It's, it's kind of, there's a there's a ending where most everyone dies, and it's a big dramatic ending. So much death. And that's what and that's the that's what happens in the movie. And then they played the hell of it over the credits, which is a great song. You mean this one? Which we will continue to play as we talk oh, about this. So, good. so yeah, th- that was Phantom of the Paradise. Those are the things that happened in it. Um, this movie's great. I love this movie. It well, is. This is a weird movie. It was very weird. Yeah. The thing I want to talk about that we couldn't figure out what the reason was for this, but like um, Swan was very much didn't like people taking pictures of him, and he didn't like being filmed. And that's why he was wearing a mask during the marriage ceremony because it was being filmed. Right. But we never really learn why, what the real reason is behind him not wanting to be filmed or his picture being taken. Well, because his film visage would actually show how old he was. But that doesn't make any sense because there's, there's like film of him that he took where he doesn't look old. That was before he made the pack. No, but remember also they, um, I think, no, I, I. Uh, I think I remember that because remember when he's giving the press conference and one of the reporters tries to take a picture and the guard like runs forward and like grabs the camera. Right. right. So I think that I think that is the idea is like if like photographs would show him For as a mo- as as this like undead monster. Well, right. see, that's what I wasn't sure about though because there was a film. It wasn't the one where he was doing the contract. There was another video of him. I think it was something that he took or he had one of his people take, and he didn't look different. I mean, I don't think he looked different when he was looking at the, like, I'm sure that they probably didn't spend the time to do this, but when Winslow is looking through the thing down at him making out with Phoenix, yeah. they didn't do anything to his face yeah, then. Yeah, that right. one. Yeah, yeah he doesn't look different. The only time know. there was a difference was he was listening back to the recording of the contract he made with Winslow, and his voice was different. Because remember, it got more gravelly for some reason. Yeah. In the recording, and he was listening to it, and he looked kind of pissed off. That's his demon voice. We all have that. Yeah. So they recorded his demon voice, but it's like, but then like when they when we see or like his face on film, 
it didn't look any different. So that's why I wasn't 100% sure what the fuck the deal with that was. I mean, I, that's how I took it. Like, it yeah. may have just been something that they, like, they didn't really. That's what it really... was meant to be, but then they didn't <clears throat> think to change anything when they actually showed his face on on a television. Uh, it's screen. probably just a flub. Yeah. I mean, okay. this, this movie is not perfect. <clears throat> um, but, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this movie because it's like, I feel like this had, like, I, I think the plot was more coherent then I, I i would compare it fa- i i think this is the like i i have to go rewatch it but i don't know i think this is the better movie than than rocky horror picture show i mean I... it's new to me so it's got some novelty in that i think i still overall like i've been listening to the music of this just because it's it's interesting and it's new and it definitely like spans a lot of genres yeah yeah the the like the juicy fruit songs are all do mention stuff, but are all ultimately garbage. Yeah, I mean, but the, the, yeah, the but we one, stated that. Yeah, I just love that. Like, I just love that the movie is all about like it's the Faust story about someone <laughs> selling their soul, but it's then retold as a like Beach Boys like beach number, and then like I like Winslow's got this kind of a very like meatloaf uh, like rock opera version which he plays, which I like that one. Right, but I mean, on the point of like comparing this one back to Rocky Horror Picture Show, I kind of see Rocky Horror Picture Show as like the penultimate rock musical. It just has yeah. that kind of that kind of energy and dynamism that you that kind of comes through, especially with any of the songs that uh, Frank and Frederick is in and starring. Well, that's like I'm I'm just curious how much of Rocky Horror Picture Show success is just like Tim Curry's force of personality, which is substantial. Right. I think it's the music too, though. I yeah. think it's a couple of things. I like a. I don't know. I, I think as a film, I enjoyed this one more than what I remember of horror, Rocky Horror. I would agree with that assessment. I think like for this film, I I see this as the better film, and I see Rocky Horror Picture Show as the better musical. Yeah, probably a better, more more of a more theater. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, with Rocky Horror, I mean, Rocky like we're Horror still was... trying to figure out the plot. <laughs> right. It's yeah. it's convoluted. <laughs> I feel like maybe the musical might have more because musicals can have the ability to be longer. And I'm sure mm. a lot of stuff was probably taken out for the movie. Okay. Because right. I noticed that for musicals that turn into movies, they will take out stuff. All right. Yeah. I'm going to make a bargain here. A, de- a devil's bargain? Yes. All, All right. right. So, so let's take Rocky Horror Picture Show. All right. Let's take out Rocky and put beef in. <laughs> oh, instantly. instantly uh, beef is by far the better, like, created man, Frankenstein, Promethean. I, I would watch that. This Rocky's like he he's he he serves his role, and, yeah. Uh, but like beef is so good. Beef beef, beef, beef is, is just pretty good. memorable. I would. I'm uh, sad yeah. that beef died. I want I want beef to have like a uh, couple I, of solos. I beef should get his. I just want to get his. I just want to say beef beef's outfit also a great Halloween costume. His like yes. stage outfit. Yeah. 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 It's great. Uh, yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, if you if you want to go hang out with people who really also care about this, go up to Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they dress up like that. The, yes, absolutely. They just have like a meetup that's just I, like, all I, beef. We we mentioned this well uh, before the episode, but like I, the Phantom's costume is also great. Uh, mm. Well, if you want to know another great thing, guess who states that this is their favorite Brian De Palma film? Oh please, uh oh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, yes. Oh my god. I don't know if that. Fuck. Is- Yes, that doesn't venerate awesome. any anything. 
And uh, interesting enough, he uh, then worked with him in Snake Eyes. Oh. Huh. I've never seen that. I've never seen it either. But it is listed here on IMDb. I think, I don't think I've seen any of Brian De Palma's films except Carrie. Uh, I want. I just wanted to mention Brian De Palma uh, on his Wikipedia page. Julie Salomon has written that De Palma has been accused of being a perverse misogynist by critics. De Palma has responded to accusations of misogyny by saying, I'm always attacked for having an erotic, sexist approach. Chopping up women, putting women in peril. I'm making suspense movies. What else is going to happen to them? And that's a big yikes for me. <laughs> oh, oh, so. crap. Uh, why should I have a character arc? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I mean, which is weird because he made Carrie. Big, big yikes for me, my dudes. Yeah, that's... All right, get this. This is another good one I found. In the ending sequence during Swan and Phoenix's wedding, there are dancing girls dressed as crows and blackbirds. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the dancing girls hated the lower half of their costumes, which, con- which consisted simply of black underwear with a bunch of black feathers uh, applied to the front. The women felt the uh, feathers looked too much like pubic hair. Wow. <laughs> the costumes are purposely, like, really goofy in this. But I can see that. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a little weird. That's funny. The um. Yeah, so the, every, everything in this movie is meant is every, everything is very sleazy. I felt in this movie, and it, it's got I don't know the the art style in this movie is kind of like I mean because this is a weird like horror supernatural kind of element to the movie, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like that as well. Like everything is just like a little like Edward Scissor handy in this movie. Um, like everyone's everyone's outfits are just like are really crazy. Uh, everything's very melodramatic. I don't know. When they go when they go into the like uh, death record building, it's like this crazy like insane asylum building. Everything's mm-hmm. all weird. Everything's like solid black and white in the inside. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There is a, there's one song that we didn't hit that is one of the the weirder. I, I consider it weird just because of how long it goes on. But uh, at one point, Phoenix be, uh, sings "Special to Me," and it is this point where essentially it's the first time that Swan's like, "Okay, fine, let her go up and sing." And she sings, and she sings the song, and does very well. Right. Uh, yeah. But the one, the scene goes on mega long, and all that's happening is a bunch of people standing around going, yeah. And you're just basically watching her. And we're just yeah. like, Jesus Christ, how long is this it's scene? Like, yeah. I'm it's sorry. Like, if you do, like, an actual, like, audition, there's a time limit. Yeah. The thing is that she also leaves the stage, like, completely goes off the stage, and then comes back in just to finish off the song. Yeah, well, and, and you're just seeing people in the line just going, bitch, please. Well, yeah. you can see that same stage later. So she, they're on the stage already because you see her go across it, and then there's, like, this piece that juts out from the stage so you yeah. can go into the audience. She goes onto that for some reason for her audition. Yeah. And she's walking around, and she keeps looking off into the camera which kind of weirded me out because I'm like, who the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> yeah, you're just I, I know there's nobody here. <laughs> hey, you're just imagining this girl just going like, she's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that made me a little uncomfortable because I knew she was doing an audition and technically the people like, okay, the way they did the audition was really weird. Technically, yes, they would be on stage and the people doing, you know, watching her and judging her would be sitting in the audience. Instead, they're all across the stage, standing in a line across the stage and she's auditioning to someone who's up in one of the fucking opera balcony things. And it's just like, I'm sorry. I 
for the most part, I don't hear of anybody doing that. They usually sit in the audience and you're on the stage so they can see what you look like and sound like from the stage. But Swan's better than that. Swan is he's the most powerful man in the world. Exactly. And also Satan. Hello, I'm happy to be Swan. This is what I sound like. I'm very intimidating. <laughs> he has to project his power. Hello. Oh my God! Sing I'm... to me, sing up to me. He was, I, I, he, he, like, especially with the giant, like, black glasses. He, always, he was kind of like a creepy weirdo. Mm-hmm. And granted, this guy, like, just has the, like, the weirdest. Like, he definitely just has a strange look to him too. Yeah. But not in the like, oh, I'm a movie person, strange look. He just like. Hi, I'm just a kind of weird-looking normal guy with a weird voice. Well, he I'm also definitely... just smile. Mm-hmm. He's always slightly smiling. <laughs> yeah, the, and it's like this one, like those really like I have really small lips smiles. So it's like kind of like. Ooh. Well, first. and then remember the first scene where we're introduced to him, and he's behind this weird double double way glass, or what do you call two way glass? Yeah, or, two way glass. Or one way. So the people yeah. down there can't fucking see him, but he can look down and see the people. Yeah, he likes to watch. And they wouldn't even let you see his hands. His hands were covered in these stupid white gloves, and you see them when he claps like this. Yes, and I'm like, yeah. and when does he wear gloves anywhere else during the whole fucking movie? This is the one point Sabrina's got to stand up about. Yeah, yep. I'm sorry. There's just like little things that sometimes get to me, and I don't know why that got to me. Like the first thing you see him, we don't want to let you see anything of him, so he's wearing these gloves. But nowhere else in the movie does he wear fucking gloves. Right. If he wore gloves for the rest of the movie, then it wouldn't be an issue. But he didn't wear gloves anywhere else. God damn it, Brian De Palma, tell us what's up. I'm confused. Why did he have to wear gloves in the very first scene you see his stupid hands? Why does Mickey Mouse wear gloves? No one knows. I'm at the theater watching the Juicy Fruits. Exactly. It didn't look like a theater. It looked like some fucking 70s disco club. (laughs) Uh, Some random club, yeah. Yeah. With two-way glass, because you're not good enough to see him. I think it's one-way glass. Either way, it's the the weird stoppy glass. I think most glass (laughs) is two-ways. Yes. Well, no, no, mirror. Yeah, yeah, one-way mirror. mirror. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that, like, yeah, this, I, I I just like this movie has a has a very particular kind of design to it. Everything's just a little weird in this universe. I kind of got a little bit of like cult of personality kind of vibe out of him too. I was also thinking, almost thinking back to kind of like Jim Jones. Because <laughs> he, oh, he always yeah. had like he always yeah. had groupies around him. Yeah, exactly. Especially that one scene where you kind of see him on that like big plush like. I don't know if that's like a beanbag couch kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. But he's there and he's like surrounded by all oh, the ladies. it was a round thing. bed. Round yeah. bed, right. It was a bed. And all the women, yeah. women auditioning for the part have to like sleep with him. Exactly. I can't even imagine sleeping in a round bed. Like, that I'd be just confused seems difficult. about which way to face. I mean, I guess the idea is you could orient yourself in any direction, but then like... I feel like I'd roll around at like yeah. a clock. But if you had the bed, a bed like that and then it would automatically rotate your head to the... <laughs> Like where, whenever you moved, it would rotate you back. No, not to, not to mention that thing must be a freaking oven with multiple people in there. Uh, the heat doesn't I matter if they're also Satan. Can you imagine trying to find like sheets for that bed? Uh, no <laughs> Hold on. Does Amazon have round bed sheets? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Hold on. Oh God. All right, here we go. Anyway, Do people still make round beds. Only if you're somebody's got to have tell a round me it bed. Died in the seventies. If you're Austin Powers. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm so curious. Round beds are just the weirdest thing. Like it's just like we need this for the center of the room for the orgy. It's yeah. It's it's, it's like a it's like a cl- it's a cue. You're not you're not hiding this. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. How, the Great American Store Bush 10 inch extra deep pocket round bed sheet. 
Nice. Oh my god. So yes, what if you... you can buy. Okay, okay. Oh my and god. I take it back. I take it back. The only time having a. <laughs> the oh only boy, time boy. having a yeah. round wow. is, that is like a giant cat bed for a person. If... Oh my god, this one actually looks like one. If we had show yeah. notes, so all the show notes would I... just be links to the round sheet. You know, I'll. I know, I'll. <laughs> Round beds are weird. Sponsored, no, my, sponsored favorite, by my favorite are the ones that are, it's a round bed frame, but the mattress is still a rectangle. What the? What? <laughs> oh, that's weird. That's stupid. No, that's, like that's like having like a wrestling mat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like or a wrestling stage as your bed. Oh my god! You know, I, okay, I, I, you know I'll, I'll, I'll qualify it. I think the only time having a round bed is not explicitly sexual is if you live in a tower. <laughs> <laughs> Then it's aesthetically pleasing. If you, live, oh if, if you live in a circular room, it is just symmetry, people. Oh my god! I uh, yeah, you got to work one. with the feng shui on yeah. that. I'm yeah. sorry. I I'm just saying. This is some like highbrow aesthetic, man. No. We're talking interior design circu- at a the holistic circu- level here. The circular bed in a circular room, though. That's that's because that's some like cult vibes right there, though. <laughs> I, okay, I like this one. This is a good one. So square room, squ- like rectangular bed, normal. Yes. Regular square room, circular bed, sexual. <laughs> circular room, circular bed. There's some weird, like, human sacrifice shit going on. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting, interesting uh, shape discussion. Circular here. room, square bed, lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lazy wizard. Okay, how do you describe a round bed, but with, like, a rectangle mattress? How? Weird. <laughs> All right, the, this is this has been Phantom oh, of the Paradise. Yeah, yeah. Oh very my strange. god, they even make ottomans to fit with. Look at this. You, oh oh god. god, look at this ridiculous bullshit. <laughs> what? We you're can't. This, if you own a circular bed, you're either a, a super villain or a pervert. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. put that out there. You or must also have like a, a mirror leader. on your ceiling. Yes. Um, so yes, that was. This is all things that are in Phantom of the Paradise. Is the yes. mirror on the ceiling round two? It better be. Oh, I don't fucking <laughs> like, know. No, that's a triangle. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it'd be like eighteen triangles. Just Phantom, to... Phantom of the Paradise two. Yeah. Turn of the circle bed. Oh boy! <laughs> Could you imagine somebody doing like a a, a version of this today? Ooh, oh God! So did, did we talk about in in a uh, Rocky Horror? Did we talk about the like ill-gotten sequel? Uh, uh, we we, ta- we mentioned the one that was released recently. So who would be who would be? Uh, no, he means like the actual sequel they made. It oh. was it was only like like tentatively a sequel. Mm. I so, okay, so like because it, it still stars um Brad and Janet. So what? Okay. Then, okay, if if they were gonna do a bad uh, remake slash sequel of of Phantom of the Paradise now, who would be in what role? Uh, the beef as the beef. But he died He's in the dead. first one. <laughs> the ghost of life. The ghost of beef. The no, ghost but, of beef. No, what actor who would play beef now? Who could be beef? Oh, Nicholas Cage. No, he's no. too old. Oh. Okay, so let's see. So we're thinking of um I would say who is Captain America? Oh. Uh, Chris something. Yeah, it's all, they were all Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Chris, Chris Evans. Or yeah, one of the Chris's. Really? Get one of the Chris's. I think he's too like I think he's too he's like too svelte. Okay, he's too traditionally good looking. Yeah, I think, he's hmm. too old fashioned American. Need, who who can pull off glam nowadays? Oh God, that's uh, so hard to say. I'm gonna defer to Sabrina's like opinion on this one. Oh boy, good to put I the the know. pressure on her. Uh, let's see. Okay, well let's go for Swan. Sw- oh yeah, Swan. who's an evil music producer? Ooh, what if it was Kanye? No 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 <laughs> no, 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 no 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 no. Oh God. 
No, it's it has to be that guy. He, he'll just be the there in the fucking signing movie signing just with a magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it has to be Simon Jesus. Cowell. I, I like that it's like the, the video of him like about in the tub with his like doppelganger and his doppelganger <laughs> is like is like mega Kanye. <laughs> God. It could be it, I love this. Oh, this, this idea is amazing. This is insane. <laughs> No, this is no. Okay, so who but is? But Kanye's the... not really a producer. I know, well, but he's. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so who is the like Winslow figure that makes good music that gets disfigured and goes crazy? Hmm. Man, this is a tough one. Um, like that kid that played what's his face from Facebook. Oh, oh yeah. the guy who plays Mark Zuckerberg in the documentary. Yeah, yeah the Joker. Ooh. Oh, he's Fletcher. No, 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 no. Not the Joker. He, and he's also much dead. He's beef. Well, Jared, Jared Leto? Dead. Yeah, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Mm. 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 I think he's too good looking, too. Well, I mean, it, his. we will change that. <laughs> we will smash his face in a, pre- in a in a record press. No, he really, mm. he looks like a fucking male model. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Okay. Well, listeners, like, pay us money on Patreon so you like, can tell us. Even when he think. looks like Jesus, look at that face. Yeah, he does. Look, look, even with the look, he looks like Jesus you're right saying now. The, you're saying the Jesus look is not hot enough for you? I mean, it looks good on him, but I'm not really into such a you big beard. Hey, don't get cross with Jesus. He got yeah. that. He, he got that Christ gene. He looks like Jonathan from Queer Eye in that one. <laughs> oh God, he does. Oh my God, <laughs> this is not my strong. He's yeah. so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jared. We, we got it. It's Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> He is officially the chameleon. He can be whatever he wants. He's too pretty. Nobody liked me as the Joker. I liked his Joker. I've been in some controversial roles before. Uh, let's see. So, I think Phoenix. Phoenix. Um. I mean, she doesn't really have much character Oops, beyond just being young. Oh, I was gonna say, like, let's just completely like well, controversial I'm... actress role. Just Scarjo. Okay, just put her in there. No, because <laughs> she has to be a good singer. We don't know if she can sing. So she, well, yeah, maybe she. Like, could. she was a really good. The... I wanted, I wanted to be Emily Blunt. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's just okay. put Hermione in it and then just vocode her again. Okay, but or maybe oh, Ooh, but... Or, or Anne Hathaway. But just so you know, um, the chick that plays Phoenix. Mm-hmm. She's the chick that plays a uh, Janet in the Rocky Horror sequel. Oh, mm. interesting! Yeah. It all comes together because she ends up. I read apparently she because they she some for some reason becomes like a diva, so she has to be able to sing. Okay. So, right. um, yeah, we have to figure out someone else who can sing to play. I, I, I think I think Anne Hathaway could do it. Anne Hathaway. She can. She, she can actually sing. Oh, can she? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. She's she's she, like like a. Uh, in the 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 film version of Les Mis, she's one of the like people who can actually like oh. sing reasonably well. Ah. I haven't seen it because I didn't want it. Ruined. I I actually enjoyed it, and I understand that it's 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 not enjoyed by like music people. Um, yeah. I mean, it's one of those just... ones where it's like, yeah, listen, the music, sure, the music in the the musical is better. I think the movie's fine. I th- I enjoyed the movie actually. Hmm. I think the rendition of uh, "Do You Hear the People Sing" is yeah. actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah, only yeah. I, I uh, everyone talks about Russell Crowe. I don't think Eddie, I don't think Eddie Redmayne can sing. He sounds like he sounds know. like Kermit. Okay. I haven't hmm. seen it, so I can't say anything. But uh, the the internet I tells me I don't like this. the internet tells me there is one person that can actually be a singer that could be a good beef. Ooh, it ooh. is the guy that is Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. He can sing. 
He can sing. Whoa! Wow. Really? Wow. Imagine him with like the frizzy hair and he everything. He would look cute with makeup on. He would look cute with makeup on. What What is his name? Uh, let's see. John uh, Snow. John, John Snow. John Snow. I saw I saw him in that that miniseries Gunpowder. He's quite good in that. Oh, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. There you oh, go. Right, Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Kit Harrington is beef. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, he yes, really he's got the curly hair. No, he does. I just hear him hair. affecting like beefs, like like how Faye lifts. <laughs> Jesus. I'm so sorry, so, Sabrina. Oh, so, so are you. <laughs> whip, whip, whip. Wait, is there a picture of him without him? Oh my God, there is a picture of him without facial hair. Oh, oh God, oh, we gotta should, end the podcast. Do we need to leave we the do. room? <laughs> Go, done, done. Cut right. it, cut it, cut it. Yes, he has the lips. Eight? Oh, oh my God. Now imagine him lips. in like a metallic gold wig. Oh a man! Metallic gold wig. Jesus oh my god! Christ. Let's get hit. Let's get Kit Harrington Ooh, on this. Let's. A shirt on. We gotta end the show. Forward <laughs> this recording to every studio ever. Get Kit Harrington and Kanye on the line. All Look right. at those abs. Oh boy! All right, I I, I can't do this. <laughs> Make it stop. This has been the episode. Uh, thank you all. This oh, is. Uh, oh, thank I, you, Eric. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. I, like the wait, round, right, round, wait. round table. Wait, did Kit Harrington actually? All right, I had to turn off her oh, microphone. Uh, so, sorry, it's it's so far away. She's. Is that what happened? Uh, I'm getting some lot of vibes. I'm getting a lot of a lot of feedback it's like here. Star Trek, you can't beam down. There's a lot of electromagnetic interference. It's so romantic. Oh, that's so nice. Anyway, uh, thank you. <laughs> Anyway, um, hi. So uh, thank you all for Ooh. listening. Thank you, Eric, for bringing up uh, round round table. Everyone recommends this movie. Uh, I'll have to turn on Sabrina's mic <laughs> to find out. Let's see. Kit Harrington. <sighs> Never so mind. Hot right <laughs> so hot she's right ab- now. she's oh, abstaining. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I think you should probably. I think it's good for a watch. Yeah. I yeah. think strong. Re- gone, okay, jerk. strong recommend for me. I would recommend as well. Give it a give it a shot. It's yeah. it's, it's it's nuts. It's I fun. say yeah. give it a shot. Okay. Just I'm, cosplays beef and you're good. Yes. Just watch it for beef. Beef is the best. Beef is great. All right. That's it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone. And you can find us over at satfriendsclub.com, satfriendsclub over at Twitter, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. As uh, Eric mentioned, you can scream at us and give us more suggestions yeah. of who's the best for roles for who's our... Like- well, specifically, who can play off of Kanye the best? Because he's, he's locked in. We got him. <laughs> Kanye. Perfect. Where, how can we get Ice-T in this somehow? Nope. Ooh. He could be the... No, he's the he's uh, the assistant. The, oh, okay. Like, the, the fat cowboy guy. Okay. What band becomes the Juicy Fruits? Oh, my God. Just kill Ooh. it. Green That's Day. Green, no. <laughs> no. 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 Kill it. Kill it. All right. That has been the Saturday Friends Club. Uh, we will catch you next week. Uh, undetermined what we will be doing, but we will be hot in uh, November. Hot. Uh, hot like a nice Thanksgiving turkey. Yep. yep. So uh, we will catch you then. Till then, sleep well, everyone. Uh, I still got to hit the button. This is This is the right one. I believe in myself. <laughs>